All right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you from beautiful, sunny, the socialist utopia of California. It's actually great to be back. I lived in California in the early, I guess, mid to mid-80s in there. Somewhere. I don't even remember what year it is now. And um, anyway, it's, it is a beautiful state. It's really stunning. The mountains are beautiful. The Pacific Coast Highway, 101 Freeway. Well, the traffic isn't too great. That sucks, but... Um, In-N-Out Burger, which I haven't had yet, but I'm going to have my In-N-Out Burger tonight. Uh, but anyway, we're out here to interview Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, now that the recall looks like it's now moving forward in the state of California. So I'm doing all this research. I'm, I'm literally, you know, it's a pretty long flight last night. We're on the plane and, and I'm just going through all this research. And I'm just like, this is a preview of coming attractions. I've often actually said that as goes California, so goes the United States. Because for whatever reason, wherever New York and California go, often the idiocy of their leftism then goes mainstream. And I worry that it would happen because when you, you know, remember, this is a sanctuary state of California with individual sanctuary cities with Gavin Newsom, you know, proposing Free health care, free education, $500 checks. Just They're doing the same thing in New York and New Jersey and elsewhere to illegal immigrants. Now, I would rather be a country that believed in law, order, and secure borders, and you got to respect our laws, our borders, our sovereignty. It's not even a question out here for, for so many. But as I go through statistic after statistic, you know, this ad that Caitlyn Jenner put out, I mean, who, I guess it was actor James Woods and, and a couple of other people. It's a three-minute long ad. We put it up on Hannity.com. We played parts of it yesterday. We play, showed you some of it on Hannity last night. You know, California was once the envy of the world. This once was on the map as a state that a Republican presidential candidate could win. Nixon won it twice. So did uh, Ronald Reagan. He won it. It's the last Republican governor. I don't know. Was it Pete Wilson? No, Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right. It's now people are asking me, do you think it's possible? I, I the only question I have, I think it's possible because things are so bad here. And when I give you these numbers, I just want you to see it through the prism of, oh, my gosh, this could become my state. This could become our country because that's how I see it. Now, you not that you have to see it my way. And this ad was so powerful because it said career politicians, they've adopted policies that have destroyed the California dream. This dream, for example, in Caitlyn Jenner's case, to be a world-class athlete. Was in the 72 Olympics, was in the 76 Olympics, uh, didn't win the gold in 72, but came back four years later and won it all. Um, a pretty amazing, I, I'm, I'm just a big fan of sports and, and the best at, at athletics, whoever's great at it. And this dream has been destroyed out. You want to talk about wokeism on steroids. This is the state and politicians have destroyed it. Why are people leaving Southern, leaving beautiful California? It's it's the weather is perfect. It is spectacular oceans. It's spectacular landscape with their mouth. I mean, it's incredibly beautiful out here, you know, but it's been locked away. 
uh, Caitlyn Jenner's ad says, it's closed, it's shuttered, it's left in the dark, it's burned down. And, and all of this has a lot of meaning. They've taken our, our money. They've taken now government is involved in every part of your life, taken our money, our jobs, our freedom. And let me just play a little bit of it just to give you a sense of this. This past year has redefined our career politicians as elitists and the people of California as the warriors, the kings and the angels. It's time to reopen our schools, reopen our businesses, reopen the Golden Gates. So I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, I'm ready to be governor for all Californians. Together, we'll restore and renew the California dream. And in that ad, it said earlier, she says, I came with a dream 48 years ago to be the greatest athlete in the world. Now I entered a different kind of race and my most important one yet to save California. And, you know, I want to carry the torch for parents who have to balance work with their child's education for business owners forced to shut down pastors not able to be with their congregation for families that lose homes in these fires because you can't practice the science of forestry. And it is a science that means controlled burns, uh, which, oh, that will, that will hurt the ozone layer somehow. It's carbon emissions somewhere. Uh, a generation of students losing a year of education. They're still struggling to get kids in school out here. Florida has been open since August for crying out loud. Um, and these politicians are elitist. Like, you know, I mean, Gavin Newsom in restaurants while everybody else has to suck it up with his draconian shutdowns. It's unbelievable. But that, that is what happened out here. And that's only the tip of the iceberg. And so the campaign, and we'll learn more tonight about what Caitlyn Jenner is proposing. There will be other people that are running as well. But if it became possible that for, for California to right the ship, even somewhat, it would be good for the country. Because, you know, when you look at all of this, None of it is really particularly good from being the sanctuary state. Well, to me, that's aiding and abetting law breaking. You're not following the laws of the United States. You know, how they handle COVID versus red states. I mean, it's a dramatic difference. I mean, they're still still talking, well, we're going to open this in June and this in July. I'm like, for crying out loud. Look at Florida. They said, yeah, the state of emergency is over. Good luck. Because they got people out there and they got them vaccinated. They protected the elderly population. Unlike New York out here, Gavin Newsom, he signed his own executive order, putting people with COVID back into nursing homes. Like the New Jersey governor, Murphy did. Like the Pennsylvania governor, Wolf did. Like Whitmer did in in Michigan. You know, defunding the police in, in Los Angeles, that hasn't worked out well. I'll give you the numbers. You know, it's an interesting way they do this if, the people of California will vote on this question. Do you want to recall Governor Gavin Newsom? If more than 50% of voters in California vote yes, then you get a second question. Who would you like to be the governor? And then the list of people that are running for governor, one of which will obviously be Caitlyn Jenner. Um, by the way, UC Berkeley's poll has Gavin Newsom at 46%. And now he's hauling in as much money as he can possibly haul in. And by the way, does he not like central casting, you know, liberal Democrat, you know, good looking guy from California, 
you know, you know, slick talking, but he's an elitist. Well, Californians, you know, are lucky to get an In-N-Out burger through the drive-thru. He's in restaurants with no social distancing. Some believe he wants the state to be a sanctuary state for abortion. He actually wants to tax water out here. He wants to tax water. I came out and did the San Joaquin Valley show about farmers because they were protecting, and it wasn't even an endangered species, a little fish. It's a minnow. It's called the Delta smelt. You ever hear of it? Probably not. But they weren't, they were protecting that. They chose the Delta smelt over the right of farmers to water their crops, and the farmers couldn't farm. That's how stupid they get in this, in this state. Churches shut down. COVID aid, yeah, $500 if you're an illegal immigrant. We, we want to give you money. I don't know. It sounds to me like you're facilitating and law-breaking and fracking in 2024, oil in 2045. Get rid of all gas cars in, in California. That's all on the table here. And, you know, when you look at very specific proposals of Gavin Newsom, okay, well, he's going to ban fracking. Okay, well, that's pretty dumb. I look at his entire agenda, and I couldn't believe it. Um, he'll ban fracking permits by 2024. He's going to continue. He wants the goal of establishing universal preschool. This is all New Green Deal, radical redistribution socialism. Now, they already have the highest state income tax in the country. And, and now I guess New York is about to surpass them. Oh, lucky me. I'm so stupid not to race the hell out of there. By the way, I'm making my move. Uh, maybe some of you people in New York might have read a headline or two recently. But there's been a couple of stories out there. Might be true, too. Um, anyways, Newsom's office is investments being made. They want to give community college for free. Okay, everything sounds great. Everything's going to be free in California. They're going to phase out gasoline-powered cars, according to Newsom. He's got $500 million in his budget for low-income housing. It's exactly AOC out here. And AOC in the squad is bragging that they're doing all of this nationally because Joe Biden is too weak, frail, and, and doesn't know what day it is half the time to even know what he's doing. They're expanding family leave, and they're requiring, you know, that undocumented workers, those are illegal immigrants. They enter the country illegally. That Californian taxpayers, they pay for their education, pay for their health care, and pay for $500 checks that are given to them. Or they're going to use the blue state bailout money that Joe Biden gives them. I mean, all of this is happening out here. And it's happening in real time. You, you look at the numbers, you look at the statistics, and it's really frightening here. Um, because it, it's hurting the people of this state, this once great state of California. Um, one party rule, as Caitlyn Jenner said, placing politics over progress and special interests over people. I mean, there is a way to fix this. We know what the answer is. And those are conservative policies that always work. That's not that hard to figure out. Um, you know, you look at the COVID protocols that not even Gavin Newsom himself followed. And that it's just a burden on thee, but not me. You know, if you look at the COVID deaths per capita, you compare it to Florida. Florida stayed open. Yep, they did fine. Didn't need the shutdowns. They were wrong. They've, they've, they're lagging the nation in opening of schools which is awful uh, because that's hurting kids. If you look at the unemployment statistics, California, 8.3% unemployment rate. 
Yeah, that's tied with Connecticut and New Mexico for 47th in the nation. Great job in California. They had 25,281 blackouts in 2019, a 23% increase from 2018. Number of utility customers affected jumped to 28.4 million Californians in 2019. Oh, you want to have a rolling blackout? Because that's an 80% increase in 2019 from the year earlier. If you look at wildfires, well, they're bracing for another severe destructive fires because they don't allow the, the simple science. We're always told, listen to the science of forestry to take place. They've seen more than 3,304 uh, acres burned across the state over the past five years, an average of about 550 acres burned during the same time period just a short time ago. You want to look at crime statistics? Let's look at L.A. 465 shootings since they cut the LAPD budget since January 1. That's up from 60, up 67% from last year. Homicides, that's up 26% from last year. Homicides, when you include outside of the city of Los Angeles, but within the county of Los Angeles, that's up 113%. And what does Gavin Newsom's respond to this? Well, his response to all of this is he's now going to release 76,000 additional inmates for good behavior, 63,000 of which are inmates convicted of violent crimes. How dumb can you be, you know, and not get recalled? I mean, this is 101 recall. You're not up to the job. That's for sure. They're spending $202 billion a year. Florida's less than 100. And they have better infrastructure. And, and, and look at their tax rates. I mean, it's unbelievable. Look at the, they have a 10.84% corporate tax rate, 13.5% personal income tax rate. You know, in the last decade, you know, they, for the first time ever, have they lost a congressional seat and they're losing people in this state just like they're losing them in New York and elsewhere. All right, 800, a lot of ground to cover. But I'm just telling you, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, holy shift. This is America 10 years from now. We're screwed if we don't reverse this. California is going to be your hometown. You think I'm wrong? I don't think so. All right, as we continue from uh, beautiful, sunny Southern California, your United Socialist Utopia of Southern California, a couple of interesting things. Um, so Caitlyn Jenner, who we're interviewing, first interview since announcing she's running for governor in the state of California. We're in Southern California. It is beautiful here. But, you know, if you live here, you're insane because you're going to save a fortune and not be regulated to death and shut down to death in other states, and you save a hell of a lot more money. That's why these other states are growing, and California is losing a congressional district. Um, you know, actually, this was pretty interesting, because Joyless Behar over at The View repeatedly referred to Jenner using the wrong pronoun, he and his, during a segment. Now, she apologized for it in the same show, later in the show, probably somebody in year telling her to apologize. Do I think she did it on purpose? No. But I thought that Caitlyn Jenner's response to it was even more interesting. Don't sweat it. I know where your heart is. California has bigger issues than pronouns. But that was very interesting. And then when the issue, for example, when a reporter during an impromptu press conference asked about a ban of transgender athletes from participating in sports um, consistent with their gender identities. Caitlin says she does not support that because um, it's not fair to girls. 
straight ahead. All right, as we continue Southern California, Hannity tonight, we have uh, Caitlyn Jenner is going to be joining us. So, so asked by a reporter, she was asked during an impromptu interview the opinion about some Republican legislatures to ban transgender athletes from participating in sports that are consistent with their gender identities, replying that she does not support trans girls playing on girls' teams. Quote, this is a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girls' sports in school. Um, and then he said it just, she said it just isn't fair, and we have to protect girls' sports in schools. And then said she, she didn't answer a follow-up question. Anyway, that's not going to be the focus of the interview tonight. Um, will it come up? Probably. I, you know, I, I never know what I'm going to say at any given moment, to be very blunt. I can prepare any interview. Yeah, usually all the notes and preparation goes out the window and it takes on a life of its own. That's just the way life works. But um, the interesting question to me in all of this is, has, has California had enough? And is it possible to implement significant real change in the state? So I'll be asking her those questions. And, you know, prior to the interview, we, we never talk about anything substantive in terms of the questions. I just said, I, if this is about really changing California, I'm in. And about the policies that would make California great again, to use a term. So anyway, I hope you'll be watching tonight. Um, we have a lot going on. There is one thing, and this is why I say this is a preview of coming attractions, I believe, what's happening out here in California. Linda's taking issue with the fact that it's a beautiful state. It is, it is stunning. The state, uh, it is just. I'm not with taking the issue with background. it. I'm just saying you're wrong. Okay. You got an entire Pacific very different Ocean thing. available, available to every Californian, whether you, whether you are inland or whether you are coastal, you have access to, if you, have you ever driven the Pacific coast highway? No. You can drive it all the way from Northern California straight down to Southern California. You got to take that ride one day. Do I have it to drive the through the homeless encampments and the heroin needles to get there? No, you don't have to go through Nancy Pelosi's district to get through there. No, that's that's not necessary. That's most of the state right now. These poor kids can't even walk to school. They can't even get through the the doorway of the preschool, even if they did open oh. everything back up. Oh, you're 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 gonna die when you hear Biden's CDC director defending. Uh, the requirement that kids wear masks while playing sports and also the kids in the summer at summer camp uh, of any age have to wear the mask all day long. It's child abuse. Social distancing rooms. I'll get to that in a minute. But what's happening nationally is, and and Linda speaks for herself, just, you know. I always speak for myself. I do not speak for Sean Hannity. No, no. Sean speaks for Sean. Good grief. Uh, well, you know, why is everyone trying to drag me down into the trouble? Um, anyway, so I keep saying that the squad is running Washington and they're all bragging about it. AOC is bragging about it. Congresswoman Presley, Omar, they're all bragging about it. Well, if you thought the new Green Deal, which is pretty much what Newsom is doing out here in California, is insane. It's new Green Deal socialism. It's all rooted in socialism. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the real speaker of the House that creates fear, the squad, the fear instilled in speaker and name only Pelosi or Chucky Schumer or, you know, I don't know what day it is, Joe Biden. 
but anyway, she wants to. She's calling for the creation of a 1.5 million strong group of civilians that will work on federally funded projects addressing climate change as part of their Green New Deal legislation. Remember, she told us, what, a year or two ago that we only had 12 years left to plan it. That's it. We only have 10 years to fix it. I'm like, if it's done in 12 years, well, the hell with it. Let's just have a big party and, and you know, eat, drink, and, and barbecue and be merry because we're not going to be able to fix it the way she's proposing. Not enough money. You can't even print the money for this. Um, but it's really rooted in redistribution. Just like everything's infrastructure, child care is infrastructure. Pre-K is infrastructure. Free college is infrastructure. No, it's not. That's your, you know, you playing word games, parsing words, new definitions, a new language, frankly. Just to, this is an investment. I mean, no, it's just your way of saying we're going to tax the hell out of people that produce and, and force them to look elsewhere out of states like New York and California. That's why they're addressing the whole world. They're trying to get the entire world to agree on a universal corporate income tax so that corporations don't say, uh, stick the middle finger in the face of Joe Biden and say, see ya, we're out of here. Just like people leave California, New York, New Jersey, and Illinois. Because smart people that are rich, assuming they didn't inherit it and they worked hard for it, one thing I've learned about rich people is they're usually not stupid people. They're usually not. They worked hard and they figured out a way to make money while providing goods and services for others. Anyway, members of this civilian climate corps would receive on the job training and work with community groups on initiatives to reduce carbon emissions. This is what they want to. This is what they want to do here. At least 50 percent of the funding would be reserved for environmental justice communities. I, I don't even know where to go with this. I don't even know what to say anymore. By the way, that Texas Democrat still apparently refused to accept the the Texas Democrats refused to accept the resignation of the party chairman who used the term Oreo to describe South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. How disgusting is this guy? How is it that and I'll tell you, I believe all of this is rooted in a in a threat The reason Joe Biden, with far more restrictive laws in his state of Delaware, they don't have 17 days of early in-person voting like they do in Georgia. They don't have any drop boxes like they do in Georgia. Yeah, they have voter ID, just like they have in Delaware in Georgia. Why is he saying Jim Crow 2.0? Because they desperately don't want photo ID. Well, why didn't Joe lift a finger in 5,000 years? I think it's 5,050 years now that he's represented the state of Delaware. At least that's the way he walks like. It's 5,050 years. Um, But all of this is now happening here. I will tell you the one special election loss that we told you about in the House District in Texas, um, that that now has Democrats scared. That has them panicking, actually, the political writing about this today. They're trying to reassure themselves. Now, remember, this was a district. Donald Trump only won by 3%. This is a this is a a special election that resulted in no Democratic runoff. There's two Republicans in a runoff, not a Democrat. Um, We have one party top candidate. It's not a good omen. It's not a good portend for 2022 that we got shut out, said Jana Lynn Sanchez, who failed to make the runoff by just 354 votes. 
I am sounding the alarm bell today. What are they going to do about it? Are they going to pull back on the Green New Deal? I don't think so. Anyway, the Texas Democrat who attacked um, Tim Scott tried to resign, but they're trying to get the guy to stay in office. Pretty amazing times we live in, I'll tell you that. Um, Now, this is where Linda is forbidden to get on the mic at all. Well, one other thing. Red states have sued Joe Biden. This is good news. Texas, Mississippi, Louisiana sued Biden and his administration over the mandate in his blue state bailout plan and his American rescue plan uh, that say that prevents states from cutting taxes. In other words, if you want federal dollars, we prohibit you from cutting taxes in your state. Sorry, that's not under your purview. That's that would be the state's job, Joe. We need more and more of these lawsuits every day. So Biden's CDC director is defending the requirement that kids wear masks while playing sports. Okay. We're trying to make sure there's a lot of uh, there's not a lot of heavy breathing around a singular soccer ball with five kids around it at the same time. Dr. Fauci is warning Americans not to be overly enthusiastic that the vaccines will defeat COVID. OK, why didn't they tell us that earlier? That, that would have been nice because my understanding was is that life would return to normal. Once everybody got vaccinated or had a chance at getting the vaccination and those that choose not to because they make their own decision. We do still have some freedom. That's why people that say, Hannity, you've got to tell people to get vaccinated. I'm telling people you need to get educated and you need to do your research and you need to talk to your doctor or your doctors and the health professionals in your life that you trust and make the right decision for you. And it's none of my business what you do. Uh, health privacy for crying out loud. I'm not trying to be overly enthusiastic, it says, but we really, we, we've got to not declare victory prematurely. It's not over. It's not time to declare victory. I, I don't, there was a great article. I forgot where I saw it. It's in my brain. Liberals who can't quit lockdown. It's an interesting way to put it. California's still in lockdown. I mean, you, 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 let's put it this way. I was in a hotel last night. Late last night, very late last night. They have 24-hour room service. There's no menu in the place. So I, 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 I called down. Could I have a menu? Well, um, we'll text it to you. I said, okay. They never texted it to me. I said, okay, can you bring me one? Oh, no. I said, why don't you just have it in the room? I said, this way I won't have to bother you. And I asked for the, uh, uh, sir, there's a pandemic going on. I said, I'm very aware of that. I'm covering it every day. Uh, and and the, I said, what's you could print out a new piece of paper. Somebody that is sanitized and has a mask on and is wearing gloves can proceed to put it in the room like the person that cleaned the room from the other person who was sleeping the night before. I assume they cleaned the room when that person left. Unbelievable. So the summer camp, this is where Linda is now banned from turning her mic on. Summer camp guidance, Fauci even admits, seems to look a bit strict because critics... Uh, because they're now saying guidance for summer camps recommends that even while outdoors, masks must be worn by children over the age of two, regardless of vaccination status, and campers maintain three feet at least of distance. I thought life was going to get back to normal. That's what they told me. It was a zero hedge article, and I, I have no idea if this is true or not, but it did kind of make me laugh. 
children are far more likely to die from diarrhea than COVID-19. That's what the headline was. I have no idea if it's true. You know, <laughs> I mean, I just, you just, you know, we're living in an all, this is, this is the sick and strange part. I'm like reading all this stuff for hours on the plane last night and writing notes to myself about the interview for today. And I'm like, oh my God, holy Schiff, in honor of Adam Schiff in his home state. I'm surprised he hasn't sent anybody to arrest me yet. Um, you know, I'm like, this is America in the future. If I don't laugh, I'm going to cry. Because this great republic is in deep, deep, you know what. So that's the latest on that. I mean, it is, uh, I don't know. Fauci had said we're at the bottom of the sixth inning. Okay, the bottom of the sixth inning. I thought the vaccine, this is like Joe, we're going to take extra precautions. The reason he's wearing a mask even outdoors is because it's an extra precaution. Okay, then he goes around 96-year-old former President Jimmy Carter and Jocelyn Carter, the 93 years old. He doesn't have a mask on and, and Jill Biden doesn't have a mask on. These are the same people. Where's my mask? I'm outdoors alone. Where is it? He's in a room alone in a Zoom call. And where's, where's my mask? By the way, I can only imagine what's going on back in New York with Linda's head exploding about this moment, right, sweet baby? She's going to lose her mind. If, she, if we open up the microphone, the show's going to get canceled by radical, the radical left and say, I'm responsible for this. Um, what else do we have here? Oh, there's, there's a lot of crazy stories. Um, by the way, Derek Chauvin, as we predicted, his attorney filed the motion for a new trial. LeBron James says he regrets that he fueled the wrong conversation about Makia Bryant. And then I read the statement, and I'm like, you still don't get it. A life was saved by a police officer that had a fraction of a second. Uh, Black Lives Matter has now listed a, a new set of demands, including a permanent Trump ban from political office and social media. Let's cancel him for the rest of his life. Um, maybe somebody can remind the leaders of that group. We live in the United States of America, and it's called freedom of speech. Whether you like the speech or you don't like the speech. All right, 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number. Linda, you okay in there? Just checking. How are things back in New York? All right? Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. Are you talking to me? No, I'm not, actually. Uh -huh. I'm not a good time. <laughs> well, you're not going to get an In-N-Out burger. That's all I can say. I haven't had my oh In-N-Out burger God, yet. Oh, my God. Cry me a river. I'm t oh, I got double-double, man. Oh, animal Does style. Does it come with a Amazing. toy? No, it doesn't come with a toy, you <laughs> jackass. That was actually you really know, funny. It actually was pretty funny. Poor Liam. Can we get him a, a, a happy meal so he can be happy? Oh, uh, he won't be able to eat anyway. He's got his mask on. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a guy actually that got thrown off a plane and got in trouble because he was eating and he took the mask down just to take a bite of food. He got in trouble. Yeah, you can keep your All peanuts. Right. All right, simple man, Leonard Skinner, that can only mean one thing. That's all things Bill O'Reilly and BillOReilly.com, although we are making an alteration today. We got a big change. I want to say to all of you gathered here today that let it be known that I will not break the agreement that we came into a court today. But I say this, if, should some, if something should befall my son Michael, if he has an accident, something 
something terrible happens, I will hold all of you accountable. So I was very worried in the lead up to today's interview with Bill O'Reilly. The release of his book is out today. We have it on Hannity.com. It's on Amazon.com, BillOReilly.com. It's on, in bookstores now everywhere. There were rumors that his latest in the killing series was going to be killing Hannity. But apparent thing, it's killing the mob. Hey, Bill, you're writing a book about the mob. They may come and kill you. What are you thinking about this? You know, the mob still is in existence. If they kill me, Hannity, you are to do three <laughs> hours of tribute on this program <laughs> and tell everybody how great I am and how courageous so you I want am. <laughs> who is, who is doing to... Don Corleone? Who is the imitator there? Did, was that you doing that? That was me. Yeah, I do a lot of imitations. What Do you know I, that I, little I about me after you. 25 years? Yeah, what I figured you that was you because in, in the end he goes, then I will hold everyone in this room accountable. I'm, I'm actually fascinated by the mob. I've, I've watched every single show there is. I, I love Goodfellas. I love the Godfather series. I love Casino. I like all these mob movies like you do, like you do. And, and I'm fascinated that it exists. And I have a reason that I'm going to get to. But why don't you just give an overall, because the fight against organized crime was successful in many ways, but the mob in some form still exists today, correct? Yes. They adapted. So I wrote this book because just like you and me, most Americans have a, have a uh, view of organized crime formulated by the movies and television. So Bonnie and Clyde, Warren Beatty, and Faye Dunaway. Wow, look at how glamorous they are. Look at how charismatic they are. In reality, Bonnie and Clyde were the lowest of the low. They would shoot children. That's how bad they were. Same thing with Don Corleone. Marlon Brando is such a brilliant actor that he invoked empathy for the godfather who slaughtered hundreds of people. The Corleone family was based on a real family. Uh, Mario Puzo wrote the, wrote the novel. So what I want to do is basically in this book tell you who organized crime really is. They are all evil across the board. How they acquired massive power between 1946 and 62. Organized crime, the mafia, was the most powerful entity in the United States of America, more powerful than Congress, any corporation, any law enforcement agency. How did that happen? The two most famous fights of all time, Sonny Liston, Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, were fixed. They were fixed. Now, Bill O'Reilly, let me predict, by the way, because everything you do in your life is controversial. By you saying Muhammad Ali and Sonny Liston was fixed, and you even mentioning the mob, people are going to say, all right, Bill O'Reilly, you're saying that about Muhammad Ali. All right, O'Reilly, you're saying this about Italian-Americans. Now, no, you're talking about people in the mob. You're not talking about a group of people. Ali didn't How even do you know, know the fight was fixed. Ali and, uh, had no idea that those fights were fixed. Liston, I never heard this story before. Course, Go yeah, ahead, I'm interested. That's what we do. This is the 10th killing book, the most successful nonfiction book series of all time. 18 million copies of killing books in print. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. But we name the names, the dates. 
We back up everything we say about Sonny Liston and what he did. But here's the key. In the second fight, when Cassius Clay had turned, changed his name to Muhammad Ali, it was in Maine. The fight was in Maine, Lewiston, Maine. Why? Because the Boston Garden wouldn't accept the fight. The Massachusetts Boxing Commission said, we're not going to take this fight because the first one was thrown. They knew it. So you go from 17,000 seats in Boston Garden to 2,500 seats in Lewiston, Maine. How could that happen? The mob had huge money on Liston to lose both fights. Liston was a 7-to-1 favorite in the first fight in Miami. And the mob laid so, millions on him. You can imagine the money they made. But here's the kicker on this, because I know you're, you're a fight fan. When Muhammad Ali walked back to his corner after the first-round knockout of Sonny Liston in 1965 in Lewiston, Maine, he said to Bundini Brown, his corner man, did I hit him? Ali wow. didn't even hit him. And Liston went down. You know, I, I've been a fight fan, and I, I, I guess I caught up with really my passion for, like, Ali and Frazier and Foreman and Norton and those guys. I honestly had never heard that this, the fight was fixed. Is this, I, I mean, is this something that is controversial in the book, or is this something that's widely known and nobody talks about because I don't remember ever reading it before? Sports Illustrated did a big takeout on it. Uh, about right. 10 years after the fight, but our information that we have is new, but it's irrefutable. It comes from Sonny Listen's mother and his brother, and then Sonny Listen subsequently wound up dead in Vegas, and they said it was a heroin overdose, but he never took heroin. So the mother and, and brother, wait a minute, corroborated with you and Martin Dugard on this book, and they're the ones that told you that Sonny took a dive on that fight? I'm not going to tell you anymore. You got to read the book, but it's right, right. there. O'Reilly, I just, I just it's got the right book. I'm asking. Right, okay, so in the portion, that one in question. the portion of the book, Sonny Liston is on the phone with his mother after he gets knocked out in the first fight, and his mother said, "Baby, what happened?" Liston, quote, "I did what they told me to do." Unquote. We got it from his brother, who was on the call. Wow. I mean, to me, that, that now that makes me want to read the book because I want to know more about that. Yeah. But so that's how influential the mob was. Now, the mob, though, as you look at its evolution, you know, there are a lot of issues that come up that I am aware of that fascinate me. Like, for example, to get John Gotti, you, you flip Sammy the Bull Gravano, you offer Sammy the Bull, I think he had killed 19 or 20 people. And you say, we're going to put you in the witness protection program, not send you to jail, something of great value. It's called your freedom just to get just to get uh, uh, John Gotti, which worked. But the problem I have with that is a guy that's a murderer that you're given a free pass to. Um, I'm I'm believing that he'd probably say anything you want him to say to stay out of jail. Absolutely. But they had taps on him. The turning point in the mob was the mob ran wild from 1946 to 62 because J. Edgar Hoover would not investigate organized crime. Why? According to Lucky Luciano's diaries, which we have, Luciano says that they had stuff on Hoover. Hoover was a known gambler, played the ponies, and he was gay. And Luciano says he's not going to be a problem for us. 
We have them. That's Lucky Luciano. Now, I don't know what they had. I couldn't find it. I tried. I couldn't. But then Bobby Kennedy became attorney general, all right, and he went after the mob with a ferocity that has never been seen before. And then after that, as you know, they passed the RICO laws where they could tap like crazy, wiretap, organized crime. That's what really got Gotti. They got Gotti in the Bergen Fish Club in New York City on tape. They had wired the whole place, talking about all kinds of crimes. Gravano was a sideshow on it. They had, you don't convict on a, on a snitch. You've got to have something else. All right? And they but, had him on a wire. Then, now, the then Rico, if, they, if they had the, the wire, statue, why did they need the... Well, wait, because they need, to, they need get, to corroborate. You've got to corroborate. Okay. All right? Okay. So the RICO statute said if you even talk about a crime, we can charge you with conspiracy, a felony, and send you away for a long time. That changed everything. So the mob today, if you want to get into it in a little while, has, has now different than it was. But Gotti was caught on a tape, and they brought in the uh, snitch to reinforce that he, did, he actually did all these things that he was talking about. So that's how that happened. All right, more with uh, Bill O'Reilly, his brand-new book just out today. Amazon.com, Hannity.com, BillOReilly.com, bookstores everywhere. Killing the mob, the fight against organized crime in America. Explain to people that don't know. By the way, so people understand where Bill O'Reilly's coming from on this. I shouldn't say this. You'll probably get robbed tomorrow. Um, if you go to Bill O'Reilly, one of his many mansions where he says he cuts his own lawn and he's lying through his teeth. But when you go to Bill O'Reilly's house, it's like you're going through a museum. You have a passion for history, and you spend a lot of money buying authentic historical letters and photos and, and all sorts of things, and it's, it's like a mini museum at your house. Well, it's all because we only use primary sources in our books. And so if I can get an original letter written by somebody, I'm going to get it. And um, because that's how you report history. I'm a reporter and a historian. And so when we write Killing the Mob, this isn't stories that we heard from somebody or, you know, something like that. We go and we find the things. That's why you mentioned Killing Reagan. Yeah, they complained about uh, what I wrote about Ronald Reagan. It was 100% true. It was absolutely 100% true. They didn't well, like nobody, it. nobody sued you, so I guess no, you, know, no, you might No, and have... they couldn't. We can back up everything you said, but when I see something, all right, and it doesn't have to be famous. It can be, you know, somebody who was there and who wrote a letter extemporaneously there, and I I get a hold of it. So we have eyewitnesses to what we write about, which is why killing the mob is so darn compelling. Now, I'm going to tell you another story that you're going to love in this book. Remember I Love Lucy? Of course. Okay. Ricky Ricardo. Yeah. Well, Ricky was almost whacked by the mob. His name was Desi Arnaz. He was Lucille Ball's husband, but he was a huge producer in Hollywood. He put out a show called The Untouchables, where Elliot Ness, the feds, going after Al Capone and all the Italian gangsters. Well, Sam Giancana, the real Italian gangster, the godfather of Chicago, sends Arnaz a note, all right, through Sidney Korshak. Korshak controlled all of Hollywood. The mob controlled all all the film industry back then, and said, hey, Desi, we don't want to see any more Italian gangsters in the Untouchables. Where Desi turns around, what's a wise guy note back to Giancana, says, what do you want to mean make them, Jews? That day, Giancana puts a contract out to kill Desi Arnaz, Lucille Ball's husband. Wow. Does anybody know that? No. 
because we, I never heard it. We investigated Giancana, who was a linchpin of the 1960 election in Illinois that was thrown to JFK by the mob. He did it. I so mean, what's what is your what what is the proof you put in a book that backs that claim all all this story up? Because again, I'd not heard this one either. Is he thing? Yeah. Oh, we have it down. We have the all the, all the testimony that was given about Desi Arn and Desi knew he was going to get hit, and how he was saved is the backup for the story. And I'm not going to tell you how he was saved because I want you to read the book, Kennedy. You know, this is so annoying. We get right to the precipice of, of, you know, the crescendo to a great story that you discovered that nobody had heard about before. And then you then you just pull a Bill O'Reilly on us and you don't tell us. And then you try to make the argument that you're a simple man, which which proves my point that you're not simple. That is a complicated strategy to get people to buy killing the mob. Hold it. I'm supposed to give you 300 pages of stuff that I broke my back to find out for free? I'm telling you the story because well, I want you to read the book. Uh, well, if you would have sent it to me earlier, I would have had time. All right, listen, now, Bill O'Reilly, he's going to— Thank you. We sent it to you uh, months before. I I bet I give more money to my mailman at Christmas time than you give to yours. Let's put that it doesn't that mean you hey. can't buy love. Didn't you hear that Beatles song? <laughs> money can't buy you love. Come on. All right, stay right there. The book just out today, Killing the Mob, which might which might lead to me writing a book called Killing O'Reilly if the mob gets pissed off at his book. But this is all Bill O'Reilly. All we're doing is interviewing him. We have nothing to do with Bill O'Reilly here. Just teasing. All right. Uh, listen, Americans want to protect and provide for your families. Now it's more important than ever. Defund and dismantle the police. That is real. Listen, I love this company, and I now own five Henry Repeating Arms, the best rifles, the best shotguns ever made, all made in America or not made at all. More than 200 models to choose from. I have one custom made with Live Free or Die. Uh, on my rifle. It is beautiful. It is stunning. We'll put it up on the website, Hannity.com. comes in a wide variety of calibers and finishes. You can see these great products for yourself at HenryUSA.com. You'll see their entire line. Uh, I now own five Henrys, and I need to get more. Uh, the best craftsmanship you'll ever find, reliable, affordable, and unlike other companies, they're accurate right out of the box. So, you know, Bill O'Reilly may want to really consider, you know, defending himself soon. So anyway, they're all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee. If you are looking for something for home defense or you're a hunter or you love shooting sports like I do, uh, or maybe you're just a beginner and it's your first firearm, the place to go is Henry Repeating Arms. Just go to their website, henryusa.com. You get a free copy of their catalog and their decals. That's henryusa.com. Free catalog, free decals. Learn more about this great American company. Uh, We'll come back uh, more with Bill O'Reilly on the other side. We're in California today. Our interview with uh, Caitlyn Jenner tonight exclusively. First interview since announcing a run for governor since the recall effort now is complete with Gavin Newsom. That's 9 Eastern. Please set your DVR. Join us tonight on the Fox News Channel. Quick break from California. We will continue. I want to tell all Sean Hannity fans out there, Killing the Mob is going to result in a new book, Killing O'Reilly. Anyway, Bill O'Reilly's new book is out today, Killing the Mob. All things O'Reilly, BillOReilly.com, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. 
you know, look, I don't have a fear of anybody in my life. I just don't live my life in fear. Um, and there have been a few brave people. You mentioned Bobby Kennedy. He went after the mob with a vengeance. Another person that did that was Rudy Giuliani. Yep. And, you know, I would argue that probably there are still a lot of mob people. And, and I wouldn't even talk about the, the top echelon, but the, the ones at the lower level, the wannabes, the ones that maybe want points within the organization as it currently is configured or exists, very different than what it used to be, which I know you agree with, um, that they may not like what you say in this book. Does that concern you? No, not really. I mean, this is a history book. Um, I don't think that there's any contemporized um, annoyance for criminals in the book. They know what happened. In fact, they might like the book because I tie it all together. I mean, the genesis of organized crime in America happened when George Patton invaded Sicily in World War II. Did you know that? I did not. Franklin Delano Roosevelt and Dwight Eisenhower made a deal with the people who controlled Sicily for centuries, the Mafia. The Mafia conducted sabotage and other things to disrupt the Germans and then gave Patton, the Third Army, where they should land and what they should do. In return, after the war, the U.S. government allowed a bunch of Sicilians into the United States. And they flooded into New York and Philadelphia, took over the unions, which they already had their hooks in, and that's where it all began. And no one knows it. I didn't know it when I wrote the book Killing Patton. And we only uncovered that for this book. And the mafia really helped U.S. forces invade Sicily. It's an amazing story. You know, when you look at, for example, what is the mob known for? Running the numbers, right? Um, they're known for gambling, um, and prostitution, loan sharking, quote, protection for companies, et cetera, et cetera. Why can't Bill O'Reilly start his own lotto? Because the government has a monopoly on it. Why can't um, Bill O'Reilly sell weed like New York is about to and Colorado allows and many other states are now al allowing? Um, why can't you, you, you get the point here? It's yeah, all these Vice things that government said. Vice has been taken over, right, by uh, the state and federal governments. But, but it's beyond that. The organized crime elements now have franchised out. So the violence you see in Chicago and New York and Los Angeles, the, the horrific murder and shootings, they're done primarily by drug gangs. Those drug gangs are allowed to operate because organized crime tells them they can. And every month they have to pay the mafia, the mob, the Casa Nostra, whatever you want to call it, in their city, VIG, all right, tribute, a lot of money. So... The organized crime chieftains never see the drugs, but make all their money now on drugs. Narcotics is a billion-dollar industry, and the organized criminals are actually directing it. But the drug gangs are selling it. That's the difference. It used to be in the French Connection days that the organized criminals would actually move the heroin from Marseille, France. They don't even see it now. They but franchise there was, it out. Wasn't, wasn't there a struggle? And and this has been this was chronicled, for example, in the Godfather movie, and I I think it was accurate 
um, that the, the five families, for example, that there was a conflict, that there were some families and some that didn't want that, to sell drugs. They didn't Absolutely. want to sell drugs. And we have that scene. It took place in Havana in 1958. And Lucky Luciano was the man. He was deported from the USA, but he took over Cuba. The guy who wanted to start the narcotics traffic was Vito Genovese, perhaps the most evil person ever to live in the United States in the history of this country. Vito Genovese. You don't get more evil than hate. And he demanded that all the families start the narcotics traffic, and he would be in charge of it in New York. That happened. And that was the movement into narcotics where we are seeing unbelievable profits to organized crime today. How much time we got left? Do we have, I want to tell you. No, we have, yeah, we do. We have a lot of time. Go ahead. All right. Who do you think organized crime likes best in the political arena in America today? Take a guess. Sean, Han- Sean Hannity. No, not you. An elected politician. <laughs> Who's their oh, favorite elected politician? I hope Donald Trump. I hope they're voting Republican. Joe Biden. Of course. Not Organized surprised. crime loves President Biden. And President Biden has no blanking clue why. When Biden lifted all the restrictions on the southern border with Mexico, it resulted in 100 days in hundreds of thousands of migrants coming to this country, as you and I have documented, well-documented. The Border Patrol and federal authorities down there now have to spend all of their time with the migrants, regulating the migrants, getting them into shelters, getting them into cities, all of that. What suffers when all of the Border Patrol and all of the federal agents down there are occupied with migrants? What suffers? Wide open for the cartels, the human traffickers, the drug traffickers. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So drug interdiction is put on the shelf. Right now, there are more narcotics coming into America from Mexico than at any other time in history. Fentanyl, heroin, cocaine. um, They don't even bother with marijuana anymore. Methamphetamine. The organized crime Families in America have a deal with the Mexican cartels. You know what that deal is? The Drug deal smuggling. is this. The deal is this. The Mexican cartels cannot operate in America. They're not here anywhere. But they are in charge of manufacturing and smuggling narcotics, hard drugs, into the USA. Once they get here... Then they're distributed to all the cities around the country by these franchise outfits. The organized crime mob, mafia, whatever you want to call it, oversees all of that. Put that together. And now they got more product than they've ever had before because of President Biden's executive order. How about that? So you go through the period of, of the mob, uh, the, the 20th century, uh, some of the most notorious serial robbers, con men, mob families, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and you mentioned names earlier during the Depression, for example, or, or Prohibition era. You, can, you, you talk a lot about that. Bonnie and Clyde, Pretty Boy Floyd, Babyface, Nelson, the five families, et cetera. 
but you but the book is killing the mob, the fight against organized crime in America. Their power has waned somewhat significantly over the years, but has it? In other words, are they just more successful at staying below the radar now that the real money seems to be in drugs, which, by the way, is killing 300 Americans uh, a minimum of either a day or a week? I mean, yeah. it's killing thousands of Americans every year because of the insidious addiction, addictive qualities. Well, you're asking a very good question, a very interesting question. So the mob's making more money now than they've ever made, but they don't have the influence they used to have. So between 46 and 62, organized crime control politicians, police agencies, uh, they compromised J. Edgar Hoover. Um, they were running the show. The movies that you saw, mob. The records you heard on the radio, mob. It was unbelievable how much power they had. That's gone because of Bobby Kennedy and then subsequently the RICO statutes, which Rudy Giuliani used to put away a lot of New York gangsters. Okay, So they adapted. They basically are a one-trick pony industry, drugs. They don't need the vice anymore. They don't need the gambling anymore. It's too much legalized gambling now. Yeah, there's some soprano lowlifes that are taking bets, bookies and stuff like that. There's MS-13, Salvadoran gang, shaking down people. But the big boys don't even bother with that anymore. They're all businessmen. They live in Westchester. They live in the Hamptons. They have big mansions. And they get paid big tributes from the guys who are actually doing the crimes. That's how it works down. So the mob traditionally was killed, but now it's a quasi-industry in a different way. And that's the saga we tell in the book. All right, quick break. More with Bill O'Reilly just releasing today his brand-new book, Killing the Mob, the Fight Against Organized Crime in America. As we continue from California, Caitlyn Jenner, first uh, interview since announcing a run for governor with me tonight on Hannity, Fox News Channel, 9 p.m. More with Bill O'Reilly. We're in California today for my interview tonight with Caitlyn Jenner, Killing the Mob, the Fight Against Organized Crime in America. You also talk about, you know, the Irish had connection to mobs, too. They had their own mobs. Yeah, uh, the, you're talking about the Boston Whitey Bulger Winter Hill Gang. Um, right. But that, they were local guys. Whitey Bulger was a local punk. All right, he didn't have any, any national implications. I mean, we all knew what Whitey was up to in Southie. But... Um, now you have, you have an industry. It's an industry. Narcotics is an industry in this country. The appetite for it, the, how many people are, are buying these illegal drugs. I tell people, every time you buy a drug, you're helping organized crime in the Mexican cartels. Don't you understand that? I mean, you're building their power base. But the federal government, you know, they get them. They're after them. The DEA does a good job. But they're outmanned or overwhelmed. And now we have... From Barack Obama, a direct quote, drug dealing is not a violent crime. You, ha you know how much that helped? Organized crime, the mob and the cartels, an American president saying that selling heroin to 16-year-olds isn't a violent act? And we need it's, fewer penalties for it? Oh, my, my well, you, know what the, you, you know what the strategy has been, is they're purposely putting in inexpensive doses into uh, small towns and cities Ohio, there's a number of cities that are, are perfect examples, creating the demand and the addiction, resulting in massive profits. They almost are investing in 
monies into getting people to try these drugs. And Absolutely. once they try them, then, for example, if a kid's using grandma, grandpa's uh, Oxycontin or Percocet or Vicodin, next thing you know, they can't get it. And it's $80 a pill on, on the street. Uh, but here's a $10 bag of heroin and it's a, quote, bigger high. They go to heroin. Once they go down that road, it's it's over. It's done. It has devastated small town America. And I will tell everybody listening to us today, Hannity, if you take fentanyl, you're going to die. Done. You're going to die. You're going to die. Your life's it's not, over. It's not if, it's when. So if you want to hurt Bill, your parents, your, your wife, lace, your children, I mean, I can't even fathom it. Bill, they lace other drugs with fentanyl. They're putting it in every drug. You don't know. And then they have this practice of a hot shot. Whatever the brand name happens to be of whatever heroin they're selling or whatever drug they're selling, they will purposely make a hot shot that'll guarantee to either kill somebody or put them in the hospital, uh, and either they get emergency, what is it, Narcan, or they die. And then for some sick, twisted reason, then people on the str- street are thinking, oh, I got to get that drug because that's, that's more pure. That, that's more powerful. That's how dark, evil, and insidious this gets. You bet. And people should know how evil these people are, how much destruction they do. Yeah, you can watch American Gangster with Denzel Washington, and he's so charismatic, and he's such a good actor that you like him. And, and yeah, but, that's true. Great movie. What, he's a great actor. Right. But what, what are they really doing? And, and what is the federal government doing to stop it? All right, I want to uh, say to all my audience here that Bill O'Reilly's new book, Killing the Mob, is going to end with Bill O'Reilly killing the mob, the fight against organized crime in America. I highly suggest you get it. BillOReilly.com, Amazon.com, Hannity.com, and bookstores everywhere. And if you don't get it, I'm going to get you. Mr. O'Reilly, sir, it's called Killing the Mob, BillOReilly.com. Thank you, my friend. All right, always a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show. As we are broadcasting live, we're in sunny, beautiful uh, Southern California. 800-941-SEAN, our number. Caitlyn Jenner announcing she is running for governor. She'll join us tonight on Hannity. First interview since the announcement. Uh, Our friend Josh Hawley, Senator Missouri. Remember, this, this book was canceled by his first publisher, then picked up by Regnery Publishing, uh, bound to be a bestseller. There's a lot in it. It's relevant to all that's happening today. Like, for example, Facebook's independent oversight board upholding the platform's suspension of President Trump's account by telling the uh, social media giant to rethink the ban's indefinite nature. Um, okay, do we, really, do, do we really need a seal of approval, or is it time for conservatives to create their own platforms. I used to always say early in my career, we've got to be the media. We've got to do it on our own. They don't want us at ABC, NBC, CBS, or any of the other channels out there. Anyway, so we saw what happened, and um, the book is now out today. It's called The Tyranny of Big Tech. Senator Josh Hawley in Missouri. Well, first, Senator, welcome to the program. Second, I'm glad you found another publisher. And third, this topic could not be any more timely than it is today. Boy, that's so true, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I, I just had to, to laugh to myself when I saw this ridiculous 
a Facebook board decision today. I just can't take any of it seriously. I mean, the idea that they're independent, and give me a break. If Facebook set up this this board, it's a Facebook board controlled by Facebook that is there to do whatever Facebook wants it to do. I mean, let's just, Facebook should just be honest about this and just say, listen, we suspended Donald Trump. We didn't follow any of our own rules. We don't intend to follow any of our own rules. We're going to do whatever you want, and you people all just have to live with it. That's basically the message today, and that is just classic monopoly talk. These people have so much power, Facebook does. They think they can do whatever they want to do, and we've got to tell them no. Well, especially now, because I would argue what happened with the Hunter Biden laptop story is that that became an in-kind donation to the Joe Biden campaign. And, and look, I made a, no bones about it that the media mob, big tech, all these all these massive institutions aligned to defeat a Republican. Now, that to me in the old days would be considered an in-kind donation, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely it would. And, you know, I had the same thought at the time, Sean. I actually wrote to the Federal Election Commission, and I said back in, in I guess it was September when this happened, and I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Twitter and Facebook are now saying that they're going to lock out the New York Post, and, and they're not going to report this story? I mean, isn't this a contribution to the Biden campaign? And, boy, it sure looks funny that Facebook and Twitter did the same thing within minutes of each other and were following the talking points of Joe Biden. Of course, as we now learn, it was it was all false, the allegations that this post story was from the Russians. It's not true. And I bet the big tech companies knew it wasn't true. They just didn't want this to be reported. And that tells you how much power they have. So when you talk about breaking up big tech, let's talk about monopolies having been broken up in the past. There's a lot of precedence for this. Let's talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. You look back 100 years, you're going to go way back. You look at some of these big railroad corporations that had gotten to be giant holding companies. They combined a whole bunch of different railroads under one company, and they tried to set rates for the whole nation. And that's back in the days of Theodore Roosevelt. And the government said, no, we're not going to let you do that, because you're basically trying to run the entire economy. You know, the railroads so important back then. And uh, the government broke them up and said, you know, you've got to have different railroads under different control. You can't, you can't consolidate control under one company. We've done that at similar points in our history. Uh, that's what we need to do with these big tech companies today. Take you know Google, for example. Google owns not only the dominant Google the search platform, Google Search, that we're all familiar with. It also owns digital advertising. I mean, if you want to advertise online, you've got to go through Google. It also owns a lot of the cloud with Google, Google Cloud. They shouldn't be able, Sean, to combine all of these different industries under one set of control, one set of hands, so to speak speak and exert all their power. And so I think we ought to break those up, spin them off, and let's get some real competition in there. Why can't, for example, when I used to say earlier in my career, we've got to become the media because conservatives aren't wanted. Why can't conservatives create their own Google, their own search engine, uh, their own Apple, their, their own Instagram, their own Facebook, their own Twitter? Why, is that impossible to do? Well, it, it shouldn't be impossible. It's, it's darn near impossible right now because of the monopoly stranglehold these big, woke corporations have. Look at Parler. You know, an alternative to Twitter, it, it, was, it was small, a lot smaller than Twitter, but it was starting to get some traction. And what happened back in January? The other companies, you know, Twitter, Apple, Amazon, got together, Google, and uh, canceled it, essentially. I mean, in 48 hours, Parler was all but gone. You know, and now they're struggling to get back on their feet. I mean, it's really incredible. That's the kind of power that these companies have to block out competition. 
So I agree with you. What we need is more competition. We need conservatives need an opportunity to get in there and found some companies, especially in the social media space, to present some alternatives. Uh, but to do that, we've got to break up the monopoly stranglehold that these big businesses have. So that then that now depends on Republicans taking control of the House and the Senate and getting back the presidency before that could ever happen. Correct. Yeah, it does, in terms of getting some new legislation passed. Now, listen, the Trump administration filed a really important federal lawsuit before the president left office, and that was against Google. For, uh, it was a trust-busting suit for antitrust violations. That's an important lawsuit. It is ongoing. And now the states, Sean, you know, there's a lot to be encouraged about in the states. You've got different states that are saying, we're going to go after these big companies. We're going to go after their trusts. And we're also not going to allow them to censor conservatives. So I think we need to cheer on those folks in the states who are also standing up right now. Let me ask you about the fine line of speech, because you get into the when you get into the nitty gritty uh, and you really believe in freedom of thought and freedom of expression. There are a lot of people that have a lot of extreme views. Uh, and, and let's say left and right. It doesn't matter. I don't even really want to make it political. There are people that would post racist things, people that would post threats of violence, uh, uh, people that would assassinate other people's characters. If it's a public figure, you know how high the bar is uh, because of Times v. Sullivan and that landmark Supreme Court case. What is where's the balance? How do you balance? If I was going to start a Twitter and I'm not if I was and I, I didn't want people posting racist things or intimidation, uh, possible threats of violence or doxing of people. Um, Where do you draw the line? It's it's kind of a gray area and it's kind of hard because you're trying to balance freedom with, with, I guess, civic responsibility without being too repressive. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, the, the Supreme Court, our Supreme Court has thought a lot about this over many years in our free speech cases and the free speech cases given our First Amendment. And, and what the court has said when it comes to the First Amendment is that if you threaten other people, if you, if you go after, if you encourage violent conduct, you incite violent conduct, you uh, encourage or, or plan illegal activity, yeah, that speech isn't protected. You know, so that speech can be taken down, can be regulated, can be stopped. If it's, All right, if but it's let, me, let me give you yeah. a little bit more obscure example. Say somebody makes a meme of me or you and and somebody kicking us uh you know in the face and blood comes flying out there was there was one i think twitter meme it it went everywhere i thought it was funny donald trump hits a golf shot and there's joe biden getting up uh climbing air force one it hits him in the back of the head the ball and joe biden falls down um would some people say that's a threat of violence so it it it, it's very nuanced at points. Um, I'm, I, I just don't know how you make those tough calls. Yeah, it, it, you're right, Sean. It can be very nuanced at points, and the proof for that is that, you know, if you look at First Amendment case law, it runs like hundreds and thousands of pages because you have to look so carefully. Now, of course, the First Amendment doesn't apply to these private companies, and part of the problem here is is that because we have just a handful of companies with monopoly power, we don't have different alternatives. So what I'm getting at is this. You could have a platform, let's say like a platform like Parler or a conservative Facebook that would say, hey, our policy is going to be – 
we, we really are, we believe in speech, we believe in free speech, so we're not going to take down anything unless it is violent or unless it's illegal. Okay, that's their, their policy. And then you could have another competitor to say, actually, we, we don't want to have anything that, that is remotely offensive to anybody at all. So we're going to be, we're going to have a really strict speech policy. And consumers could choose between those, you know, in a healthy market. The problem is right now, there isn't that choice out there. There's just two or three companies, and they make their choices based on politics, based on their political viewpoint, and they enforce it like in today's decision with the president, the former president, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't sue them. You can't go anywhere else because there's no competitors. That's the real problem, I think. No, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head. There is no real competitors. And, and now I think it's actually time for smart, technologically savvy conservatives to come together, unite, and build their own alternative sites because I think if you build it, people will come. Um, as we as we move forward with with these issues and these varying things come up, do you think where, where do you think or where do you see us 10 years from now with social media exploding the way it is? What do you think it'll look like in 10 years? How powerful will these big tech companies be then? I hope a lot less powerful because I hope there'll be a lot more competition and I hope social media will look really different because I hope there'll be a lot more innovation, Sean, that will really allow individuals and families to be in control of their own personal data, for instance, which we haven't really talked about, which is a big thing. You know, these social media companies, you get on their platforms and they start taking from you. They start taking all your personal info. They start tracking you around the web, surveilling you, and you can't do anything about it. You can't opt out of it. You can't stop them. I hope that we'll have in 10 years a whole different landscape where people will actually be able to, to have social media, get on and, and like friends, build friend groups that they won't be constantly spied on. They won't have their data taken from them and sold to other people. They won't be manipulated. And I hope we'll have more free speech as well. So all of that depends on getting more well, competition in the market. All right, quick break. We'll come back more with Senator Josh Hawley, Missouri, his new book out, The Tyranny of Big Tech. Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. Quick break from California for our interview with Caitlyn Jenner tonight. Exclusively, the first interview since she announced she's running for governor. All on Hannity, nowhere else. 9 Eastern, Fox News. We'll continue on the other side. All right, as we continue from beautiful, sunny Southern California with Senator Josh Hawley, who's with us, The Tyranny of Big Tech. Uh, His new book is out. Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. So you had the situation with Rudy Giuliani, where as the attorney for the president in 2019, his iCloud is being looked at. That's confidential privileged information. Uh, Then you have the issue that we learned yesterday, the FISA court acknowledging that the abuse is far more widespread than what we knew about Hillary's dirty Russian misinformation dossier, unverifiable, full of lies being used to spy on a presidential candidate and a president. It's even worse than that. Um, It almost makes me, as somebody that believes that we need the intelligence in an evil and dangerous world, to say maybe maybe FISA, we're giving up too much of our civil liberties, and it's being abused too often by too many people that maybe we have to let it go. I'm with you on that, Sean. I've come to that viewpoint also. You know, I'm a former prosecutor, and I, as a prosecutor, you always want to get as many tools as you can to fight the bad guys. But listen, you look at how that court, the FISA court, secret court, how it has been abused 
by the FBI, by the Department of Justice. It's, it's sad, but it is true. They have lied to that court. That court has authorized wiretaps on American citizens for, under false pretenses. And I think you look back at the Patriot Act 20 years ago now, and that was supposed to be temporary. Those, those, uh, the surveillance of American citizens wasn't supposed to happen. And uh, you look at that open-ended authority and think, boy, we need, we've got to stop this. I mean, the surveillance state is real. Big tech is a part of that. Now what you see the liberals saying is, yeah, we need to get big tech and big government to partner up and to follow people around online. And I just think that's dangerous. Well, you know the case of Tim Cook. He wouldn't assist the FBI with the San Bernardino shooter. Uh, but yet we know that the surveillance of Rudy Giuliani and his privileged, privileged communications as representing the president, they didn't use a subpoena. They just went in and looked at his iCloud. I mean, that is about as invasive uh, from the government as ever. And, and how do you then justify that decision when you juxtapose it against not allowing or helping the FBI with the San Bernardino shooter? Yeah, it definitely looks like a, a double standard. And the really scary thing is the left is definitely on to this, Sean. And that's why you've seen them saying, in fact, the Homeland Security Department said earlier this week that what they'd like to do is, is partner with tech companies to uh, track Americans online, you know, track those who are extremists or potential extremists and uh, have the tech companies track them and then report back to the government. I mean, this is crazy. That means, of course, the government doesn't have to go through the pretense of trying to get warrants, trying to get approval. We'll just go get these companies to do it, and then they'll tell us what they're finding. This is scary, scary stuff, Sean, and this is why we've got to put Americans back in control of their own information, back in control of their own personal property, their data, and ultimately in control of their own lives. All right, Josh Hawley, his brand new book just out today, The Tyranny of Big Tech, Amazon.com will uh, also put it up on Hannity.com. It's in bookstores everywhere, uh, and it's uh, an important read for everybody because this is a lot of power over your life with a lot of politics behind it. Uh, Senator, always great to talk to you. Thank you for being with us. Good luck with the book. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, in beautiful, sunny, expensive su Southern California, I look at this state. I said this at the beginning of the program today, and I've, I've been doing all this reading about the state of California. Because I'm not out here. I don't follow. I follow it. We know there's a mass exodus. We know that they lost a congressional seat. Uh, we know that their shutdown, the draconian shutdown measures have been a disaster. We all watch in, in just, you know, fear of the wildfires out here. We all see the rolling blackouts out here. I mean, it is so sad to see such a beautiful state. And it is a beautiful state become such a mess. You know what I would say um, for everybody in America? This is what I call a preview of coming attractions. This state used to be Republican. Ronald Reagan, Richard Nixon, they won this state. There's not a shot in hell up till now. We'll see if it can change that any Republican could win the state of California. In presidential elections in modern day, it is written off. It's not even in play. It is a meaningless state, like the state of New York, like uh, the state of Illinois, the state of New Jersey for the most part. Occasionally, you, you, we've had little waves or blips, but they never last long. But, I, you know, if Californians, and here's the other interesting side note on that. All the people that are leaving are probably the ones that would be open to voting out Gavin Newsom 
There are two questions on a recall ballot. Once you get the the verified number of signatures uh, that's necessary, 12% of the population, the first question that Californians will be asked is, do you support the recall of Gavin Newsom? If you say yes, then there is a list of people. And if more than 50% of the voting population of California votes yes, Newsom is out. He's recalled. And a new governor can take over. Can it happen? It absolutely can. He's not popular out here. And for good reason. I mean, this guy, it's mind-numbing to me. Just, Just the same exact nursing home scandal. People just haven't heard as much about it. But it wasn't just Cuomo. It was also Wolf in Pennsylvania, Murphy in New Jersey. It was Witless Whitmer in, in Michigan. It was everywhere. And meanwhile, they're still arguing out here about opening up schools. Well, the schools in Florida, they've been open since August. You know, maybe learn from Florida. And, and when you compare the draconian shutdowns and the net effect of, of COVID, there's not that big a discernible difference, except that Florida never shut down. But they stayed open. And they didn't ruin people's businesses and careers and lives. Well, Gavin Newsom is out there, of course, hobnobbing with his famous friends. And restaurants are closed except for him. Not once, but twice. Governor Whitmer, you know, oh, I know I never I never left the state. Oh, turns out she went to Florida, just like her husband was out on the pontoon boat. Wherever the hell he was fishing or doing whatever he was doing. Aaron is in Alabama. Aaron, welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. Beautiful, southern, expensive California, the socialist utopia. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for taking my call. I love your show. And I want to thank you. personally say thank you for not wavering or bowing down to the establishment or the fake left pushing media. And you're one of the only ones that there's a couple more that just stand true, and I want to thank you for that. Well, I want to um, thank you for giving me the microphone and the camera because I can't do it without you. And I will concede there are not many of us, unfortunately, that are willing to speak out. Absolutely, it's not. Um, you, you get pretty much shunned down if you do speak out. Um, I'm not going to even get into the uh, basically this how the election was stole with the fake mail-in ballot. I'm not going to get into what happened today with the erroneous Facebook ban. Um, but I will start and say that I am an African-American man. Um, and, and basically, I have seen that the Democrats, the last thing they're holding on to is the black vote. So if President Trump is listening right now, I want to say to you, President Trump, personally, from an African-American man, that we need more blacks um, outspoken at your rallies, um, at the Republican convention. I know there's a lot like Alveda King, there's Candace Owens, there's Diamond and Silk, there's Stacey Dash, the Hopkins twins. We need more people at your rallies like Herschel Walker or Jim Brown. We, we need to actually ride that thing out because, again, the Democrats, the last thing they're holding on to is the black vote. If they lose that, um, they lose pretty much their whole party. And that's what they don't want to actually give up. So um, my little advice is just push more of the black uh, whether celebrities, politicians, news media people, any of them, have them out there at your rallies. You know what I'm saying? I think that, that the black community needs to see that more. And that's what I would like to let see me, more of. Let me, let me add two things to what you're saying here is 
Why do you think when when you have far more restrictive access to ballots and voting and voting opportunities in Delaware, and then you have far more opportunity in the state of Georgia with their new bill, 17 days early in-person voting, uh, you don't need an excuse to get a mail-in ballot. You do need a, a voter ID, but you also need a voter ID in Delaware. In Delaware, they don't have any days of early in-person voting. They do have voter ID laws. They don't have drop boxes like they do in Georgia. Why would Joe Biden have the gall after 5,000 years representing Delaware, never lifting a finger to make voting more accessible for the people of Georgia? Why would he then say when you have a, a far more access in Georgia than his state that this is Jim Crow 2.0? He did it because... He he wants to create a false narrative. This is what I mean every two years, every four years. Republicans are racist, sexist, misogynist. And I give my list. You know, why did they go after Tim Scott and the media mob and the Democratic Party saying the most vile, hateful things? You know, everything from Uncle Tim trending on Twitter for t- 12 hours or this idiot in Texas referring to him as an Oreo the most repulsive, disgusting, despicable, you know, epithets thrown at African-American conservatives. Donald Trump got us there, and he did it by, by record low unemployment for every demographic group. Let the Democrats be the party of coastal elites here. In, oh, we'll give them California, Oregon. They can have Washington State, New York, New Jersey, and Illinois. They can have those states. But the rest of the country... The Republican Party has got to be the party of liberty, freedom, capitalism, the Constitution, the first, the Second Amendment included, the party of opportunity, the latter to success, low taxes, less bureaucracy, uh, the party of law and order so every American safe and secure, the, the, the party of choice and education, secure borders, energy independence, health care, free market solutions, yes, protecting pre-existing conditions, and the party of peace through strength and trust but verify and free and fair trade. If Republicans do that, they can win over anybody. But but they, the Democrats are afraid of exactly what it is you're saying. They saw the progress that Donald Trump made by shattering one record after another low unemployment for minorities in America. If the Republicans want to become the party of working men and women, this is now the biggest opportunity they will ever have ever uh but anyway i appreciate the call uh 800-941-SEAN is our number you want to be a part of the program uh jennifer's in missouri jennifer hi how are you glad you called hi i'm great thank you so much it's an honor to get to talk to you today uh i, I just want to talk to you about a situation that's the situation that's happening in the middle east um What's going on with Biden's snubbing of the crown prince of Saudi Arabia and how far you think the recalibration of the relationship with Saudi will go, how it's going to affect us now that Saudi is in turn strengthening their alliance with Russia and China. And if you think this, that Biden's motive for this is, as he says, human rights violations, or is it just because uh, Mohammed bin Salman had a good relationship with Trump and he's punishing him for that and just uh what do you think about this and how do you think it's going to affect us you know the world is a complicated place and at times unfortunately yeah you have to have alliances that you never would have otherwise had and i never would have thought five years ago 
before Donald Trump became president, that you would see the Israelis, the U.S., the Jordanians, the Egyptians, and yes, the Saudis and the Emirates unite against Iranian hegemony. It was born out of necessity, as, as similar to the necessity of the Soviet Union joining with the U.S. in, in World War II after originally being on the other side. They're, they're, sometimes you, you don't always get to choose the best partners, but if you have a, a common goal to defeat whatever it happens to be, it's a, it's, it can be a good thing. No, I don't trust the Saudis at all. I don't trust the Russians. I don't trust the Iranians. I don't trust the Chinese. I don't trust the North Koreans. I think they're hostile regimes, hostile to America, and Joe is stupid enough to get us off of energy independence, and that means that everything we buy is going to cost more. Every time we fill up our tank, it's going to cost more, heat our homes, cool our homes. So do I think these countries are loving a, what, what they see, and that is a weak, frail, cognitively struggling president? I think they love it. I think it, it, they, see, they sense weakness, and they are going to take advantage of it. Does that answer your question, Jennifer? It, it does. It also concerns me because Saudi Arabia is going to have a strong military alliance. They're going to have a strong military ally. If it's not us, it's going to be Russia, China. And so I'm worried about yeah. how that will affect us. You are more spot on than you know, and it's scary. You're right. Anyway, Jennifer, Missouri, thank you. We'll stay in Missouri. Gary is next on the Sean Hannity Show. Welcome to the uh, United Socialist Utopia known as California. What's going on? How are you? I'm doing great, Sean. How are you doing today? Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. All right. I wanted to talk to you today. I know you had Josh Hawley on a little bit ago. Um, how come the conservatives don't have a squad like AOC and her bunch? I think Josh Hawley would be a great fit. Well, why don't we have a, our own squad, if you will? Yes, sir. Because... When those four get together, it doesn't matter what kind of crazy idea they have. They all rally around each other and back each other up. And well, well look at well, you're 100% right. Every squad member is bragging that they're setting Joe's agenda. You know, AOC earlier, I talked about this earlier, urging Biden to create a new climate core army, a million five strong of civilians to work on federally funded projects for the new Green Deal. A, a million five new Green Deal civilian what employees that we're gonna we're gonna pay them to implement stupidity and socialism and redistributionism and authoritarianism, uh, God help us. But so far they 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 have seen it impenetrable, and everybody in the Democratic Party is scared to death of them. So fight fire with fire. If we have somebody, because I, I know when the whole thing was going on, Josh Hawley was one person that I can remember was very outspoken and actually stood up and said something. If we have four or five people that all stick together and rally around and back each other up, things might change a little bit for us. Listen, I'm all for it. The, the closest we have in Congress to it, I would argue, is the Freedom Caucus. And we have a few good senators, but not many. Um, I, I find most politicians are very weak and timid, and many have not learned the lesson of Donald Trump, which is fight passionately for your conservative values. And, and Republicans always, you know, it always becomes a circular firing squad, unfortunately. You can see with the likes, for example, 
of Liz Cheney's pushing Liz Cheney's agenda. And, and that doesn't benefit anybody. Meanwhile, when her dad was vice president, everybody in the party rallied around her dad, especially when they were under fire. It's sad. Good call, uh, Gary. Appreciate it. As we continue, Caitlyn Jenner on with us tonight on Hannity. First interview, is it possible for a Republican to be elected out here as governor? If it could happen, it could happen now. Uh, and and take pay close attention to California. And I'll tell you why. Because that's, that's, that's a preview of coming attractions. Anyway, that's 9 Eastern. Hope you'll join us tonight. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today from sunny southern, the United Socialist utopia known as California. Remember, so goes California, so goes the United States. It happens all the time. Anyway, full coverage tonight. Caitlyn Jenner announcing on Hannity uh, that she is running for governor and will lay out her platform in her first interview. Uh, Also tonight, uh, we'll get a panel reaction to that, and uh, we'll be back in New York tomorrow. Anyway, hope you say DVR, Hannity, 9 Eastern, on Fox, Caitlyn Jenner, first interview since announcing running for governor. We'll see you tonight at 9, back tomorrow in New York, the New York socialist utopia. We'll see you tonight, back here tomorrow.